which hiding shame never heals it. That's one of the key statements in my book. And it's so true. And so the Lord just began to show me my refuge was His Word. And that uh, as I didn't hide it, as I did bring my shame before Him and cry out to Him. I'm not going to regard it. It doesn't matter what people think about me because it's not about me. I no longer live. Christ was in me. Welcome to the Charisma Connection. I'm your host today, Jenny Rose Curtis, and we have on the line with us today, Denise Pass. And she is a singer and a songwriter. She's won awards. She's a blogger, and she is a worship leader, and she's an author, and she just recently wrote a book called Shame Off You, and I read part of it, and it is just a really real and authentic and raw take at how how we're affected by shame and how to deal with it. And, you know, Denise, I would love to just start by asking you about that initial story, the story behind the book, Shame Off You, because it's such a sensitive topic. You talk about sexual abuse, and sadly, with the whole Me Too movement, that is something that is really on the forefront of a lot of our minds, even in the church. So could you just say hi to our listeners and introduce yourself and and maybe start by telling us about that story and how God used it to inspire you to write this book? Sure, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. And, uh, you know, I listen to the string of <laughs> things that I do, and I think it is only by the grace of God, but it is being a mom to five children that I feel so blessed uh, and being married to who I call my beau. Uh, it's a high privilege as well. So thank you. And, you know, I, I'll i tell you, this this issue of shame is so prevalent in our culture, and I think a lot of people wouldn't acknowledge its presence in their life. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people don't recognize it. And for me, the the biggest case of shame, if you will, in my life came back in 2007, and it was following the adoption of my youngest child. And that whole process unveiled a background of my husband's that I wasn't even aware of. And so there's this backdrop for you that there's this burden in my heart that something isn't right in my family. And all that I thought I knew, I wasn't sure that I did. And so in on December 6, 2007, I was woken up to write a song for the Lord. This was something I would often do. But, you know, this time when I went down to write the song, I felt this presence of evil and this fear gripping my heart. I had never experienced anything like that while writing a song. Usually, maybe it was, you know, weeping for someone, praying, or just exhilaration and worshiping God, but not fear. And as I finished writing that song and went to bed, you know, my heart was just heavy with what that meant. It, It was a song describing someone's world being turned upside down. And the song was actually called Draw Me Near and is on my Seeing Deep EP but that next morning, when I woke up, the sun shone through the window, and the Lord just whispered to my heart, Denise, 
ask your husband, say, God says you have something to tell me. If you've ever had those times where you just know God is speaking to you, yeah. this was one of those times. It was mm-hmm. clear, and I, I didn't understand what it was about. But as I, I went and I asked my husband that question, his response was, yes, but not now. And so I uh, went through that whole day just feeling this weight. There's something about to be revealed to me. I don't know what it is. And my children and I went to a nursing home, and on our way there, again, this whisper to my soul, ask your daughter how she slept last night. So that question to my heart was the beginning of revelation that I, no mom, ever wants to hear. And you just, just feel like you've been punched in the gut so hard you can't breathe. And we had a van full of kids. So, you know, how was I even going to go about questioning her at this time? And so I, uh, I I did ask her that question, and she said, not not so well, Mom. Dad came in my room and hugged me for a couple of hours. Oh, wow. So I still didn't know what in the world that meant. And right. as I, um, we then had to go minister, and throughout the whole day, was this me trying to find moments to talk to my daughter, talk to my now ex-husband, and find out what in the world happened. And that night, we went to a new small group, and I was, it was just very difficult for me to hold it together emotionally, and he was still not telling me what he had done. And so I told him the children and I were not coming home. I didn't know what it was, but... We weren't coming home until I knew right. you know, what had happened. Later, I would find out that he had sexually abused that daughter that night. And as time would reveal, uh, it was not just her who was impacted. And so for me, that the shame was, I was engulfed in shame. You know, we're this Christian family, uh, leaders in the community, home-educated our children. I made a promise that I wasn't going to let anything like that happen in my home because I had been sexually abused as a child. Oh, wow. And so you go about making your world so safe, and you realize safety can't be your savior. Right, yeah. Jesus is. And, you know, but at the time, it makes sense. You know, you want to walk in wisdom. I'm going to do everything I can. I waited for marriage. I came to know Christ at uh, age 19 through a supernatural uh, intervention from God. And so for me, you know, uh, I'm God's girl. I'm going to walk in his ways. I'm not going to date. I'm going to trust him for a mate. I'm going to wait for marriage. Did not expect this. No, of course not. So, you know, that's, that's where the, the biggest place of shame was in my life. But it was in writing shame off you that I discovered shame throughout my life. Hmm and suddenly saw this invisible force operating and snuffing out joy. Um, and so I think people might be taken back uh, back a little bit when they read, and, and of course, like you said, you see the rawness, because I really believe we have to be honest about shame. But I also have a lot of humor in there, because <laughs> there's a lot of funny incidences about shame and how we go about trying to get rid of it. And so... You know, it is definitely a um, 
cover shame from the minute to the traumatic shame. And I hope and pray that God uses it to help people. Amen. Absolutely. So can I ask you, what was the journey God took you on to recover from that shame? How did you get rid of that stigma that you felt in your heart? Well, it was not easy, and it wasn't a once-and-done for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a process. Right. You know, and ultimately, I mean, I could share some of the key revelations God gave me, but throughout it was a sense of, I'm buried in shame, and I don't know what to do with it. And it was everywhere from going in public and wondering who knew what about our story to standing in the courtroom being falsely accused for five years, trying to defend my children in what was not supposed to be about me. But that's what shame does. You know, when sin entered the world, and we see with Adam and Eve, they tried to cover it with fig leaves, and that was rather obvious (laughs) and (laughs) not very effective. No. Um, Well, we kind of do the same thing. You know, we want to hide it. Uh, which hiding shame never heals it. That's one of the key statements in my book. And it's so true. And so the Lord just began to show me my refuge was His Word, and that uh, as I didn't hide it, as I did bring my shame before Him and cry out to Him, Mm -hmm. that He answered me. And so there's a three-pronged approach that I have in Shame Off You that came from that which is that we would bring our shame before God and we would examine it through truth, through humility and grace. And so instead of being put off by shame, it's this willingness to examine it and ask God, Lord, is there any truth in this that I need to own up to? And then in humility, go ahead and own it, if there is. And by God's grace, we release that from us. You know, we don't... When we have some part to play in shame, it doesn't mean it defines us. That's what our society does, places a label on us. Mm-hmm. You know, I had labels, divorced. Oh, that was never supposed to happen. Sexual abuse in our home, you know. I So many labels, we're covered in labels. But when we take it to the one who already fully defined us, you know, with the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, our identity is in him. It's never in our shame. Shame is not from God. Conviction is. And so the Lord brought me through this whole search in His Word, clinging to His promises, and trying to find meaning from it. And I also wrote a book, 31 Days of Hope Reinvented, prior to Shame Off You, which is really my quest for hope. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was a Christian. I believed in Jesus. But the hope I had was gone. The hope for this world, anyway. And so his word is really where the healing came from, and he changes our perspective. You know, as I stood in the the courtroom, and I remember this clarion moment when I was looking up and basically saying, God, why? Why did all this have to happen? You know, I don't understand. I mean, I I will serve you in whatever way. And, and, And there, right there, he asked me a question, because... When we go to him and we say, here I am, send me, that's got to be without condition. <laughs> right, yeah. It isn't, hey, I want to be sent on a mission field, This, you know, I'll be this famous missionary and accomplish major things for you, Lord. No, it is in the everyday. And so right there in that courtroom, 
I was reminded of my Savior who carried the cross, who for the joy set before him endured it. And the Bible says, disregarded its shame. And so I'm standing there feeling so shamed. I just, I couldn't hardly breathe. Asthma was flaring up. And as I'm asking that question, the Lord reminds me that he disregarded shame. I can too. And would I worship him right in the middle of the shame? Yes, I would. And not only that, I would do whatever he called me to do. If it meant being shamed week after week in court to protect my children, and that was my mission, then I wanted to do that. So it changed my perspective. Shame rules our lives if we are trying to worship at the throne of people-pleasing. That's so true. But if we say, I'm not going to regard it, it doesn't matter what people think about me because it's not about me. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Then it becomes, let's stay on mission. God, what do you call me to do today? That is so good, Denise. And, you know, you mentioned earlier how we try to hide our shame. And you mentioned in your book how that's part of the coping mechanisms that we use to kind of not feel that shame. We try to run away from it. But I want to ask you, what are some other coping mechanisms that we use to deal with shame, and why do they ultimately always fail? Well, they fail because we're not getting to the root cause. See, we tend to look at the fruit of shame. You know, we can say, and I use this example uh, several times, but when we see someone who's shy, we make an excuse for it. Well, they're shy. Like we build it in, and we accept it as normal. It's a part of the personality. But that's just the fruit of it. What is the real root? Why do we feel so inhibited to be ourselves? Like we have to make an excuse for speaking or just being present. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but oh, for sure, I have. I grew up excessively shy, and if we really look at it. You know, it's like we our fault our methods are faulty because we're we're just kind of like cutting off the weed and not the root underneath. And right. and, and it can be other uh, mechanisms can be denial. Mm. You know, I have a top ten uh, list that I did at a conference this past weekend where <laughs> it's, it's kind of a humorous list, but it includes blaming the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we want to shift the shame. And however we can do it, whether it's lying about it, denying it, blaming others, um, a lot of uh, shame, too, is just in our mind. Um, we can have borrowed shame, too. I, I have this story I share in the book about me driving a dually truck and how ashamed I felt driving it. Mm. And I realized I had borrowed that shame from a family member, precious family member, <laughs> who... When I pulled up in her neighborhood, I said, please don't park in my driveway with that. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I realized, okay, so she's embarrassed in my vehicle. Like, she doesn't want to be seen with her, you know, okay, I won't, if I reveal who I am in <laughs> relation <laughs> with me driving this vehicle. And even driving uh, through the drive through with it, so loud, and, and it's obnoxious, you know. But that day, God showed me that shame. Do you see this, Denise? You know, this is shame again in your life. Why do you really care about what vehicle you're driving? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the root of that? That's I'm good. trying to please me. I'm like, oh, I'll be embarrassed because this person's embarrassed. Let them own that embarrassment. <laughs> and so I decided to take a picture of myself laughing in this dually and post it on Facebook. Oh, wow. <laughs> because, 
was like, you know what? I don't, I don't have to be ashamed of, of what I wear, what I drive, what I look like. That excessive mm. 20 pounds I can never get rid of because I just like chocolate too much, you know? <laughs> <laughs> don't we all, though? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I just think we just don't have it the right name. We don't, we aren't willing to examine shame because we're put off by it and we just want to get rid of it. It's a hot potato. That's so um, good, and yeah. And if we're humble enough, we can get rid of it. That's so true. And, you know, you bring up a really good point, and it makes me want to ask you, what is the difference between shame from sin we've committed and shame from trauma or abuse or something done to us? So what's the difference between those two, and then how do you deal with them differently? Right. So first, I'm going to say how they're similar. Okay. Shame basically is an accusation on our soul. It's condemnation. It's saying we're not enough or we don't have enough. And so we feel inferior, it defines our worth, even if it's from traumatic event or if it's something simple like sitting in the DMV, I talk about this in my book too, where, whoops, I didn't go into public with makeup, I've got baggy sweatpants on, what was I thinking? They all have a similar thing of I'm not enough. Now, traumatic shame is much more extreme. Hmm. You know, you have this sense of uh, there's no recovery from this. Everybody knows my stuff. Well, now I've written a book about it, so everyone's definitely going to know my stuff. <laughs> and, but, you know, to be healed to that point where I was willing to do that, because I certainly hit it. And I, I think traumatic shame silences you in such a deep way that you, sometimes it can lead to people want to exit this life. Wow. It yeah. is so extreme. They, they can't even rise above it. So I would say on the spectrum of shame, you can have embarrassment there at the top, which, okay, you're embarrassed, but it isn't going to make you want to, you know, commit suicide. You know, it's more, more than likely just going to be, uh, let, you know, I long for tomorrow, you know, let's get mm -hmm. over this moment. But um, to get rid of it, you know, we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room. All shame has to really go through a biblical process. Otherwise, it still stays there. It's stagnant. It's underneath. And it might become, you know, there's a whole cycle of shame that I talk about in my book. Um, a lot of people don't recognize that they're on that cycle. You know, they they make excuses for it. You know, again, we talk about denial. Um, but there is a cycle of shame, if you'd like me to talk about that. Oh, uh, sure. Well, yeah, what would that cycle be? So the cycle of shame starts with that condemnation that I was talking about, and it's that feeling of, I'm not enough, you know, I've got to somehow cover that, right? I've, or I've got to make an excuse for it, I've got to handle it in some way. And if, there's two cycles that I mentioned in my book, there's the cycle of redemption, the cycle of shame. Cycle of redemption is also what I call the cycle of shame off you. Hmm. But at, on the cycle of shame, when you've got this condemnation, you can shift to the cycle of redemption if you're willing to uh, deal with it biblically. But on the cycle of shame, it usually leads to comparison. You know, I'm feeling condemned, but I'm better than that person over there. Oh, wow, yeah, that's <laughs> or, true. Or, hey, I'm better than I was, or it's not that bad. You know, we make rationalization mm -hmm. excuses for it. Yeah. But this will ultimately lead us to a crisis because it's not getting rid of the shame. It's just keeping us on this hamster wheel cycle. 
And so at that crisis moment is, what are you going to do with it? And usually it becomes, it can become a commitment to remain in shame. Not fun. All the methods we've tried, those coping mechanisms we talk about, don't work. So, but we can choose, as I was saying, the cycle of redemption. And that's four R's, and it starts with revelation. You see, it's a kindness when God reveals and convicts us. Because we have an opportunity to say, thank you, God, for showing me that. Will you help me in this? Condemnation doesn't say that. Condemnation basically defines you as this is who you are, no escape. And that's not what God does. You know, he always provides a way out. He always is seeking to redeem. So revelation can lead us to reflection, okay? If we're willing to examine that shame and say, Lord, is there anything in here? Examine my heart, Lord. Is there anything in me that I need to uh, address because of this shame in my life? And then after we've done that, that hopefully leads us to repentance. Now, some of you might be saying, wait a minute, what if someone shamed you or they brought the shame in your life? What would you have had to repent from your big circumstance? Well, when someone brings shame into our life, it can produce sin in our life Mm, if we let it. That's true. We can become angry, bitter. We can have hatred. We can respond by shaming. And so we have to examine all shame. Even when it's false shame, you know, or just thrown at us, we have to be willing and humble enough to say, Lord, is there any truth in this? Has it worked for sin in my life? And then once we have repented, there's restoration. We stay on that cycle because even in the cycle of redemption, shame is something we are going to encounter over and over again. And unfortunately, you'll even see it in church, and we really shouldn't be surprised at that, because church is an assembly of a lot of sinners. (laughs) A lot of imperfect people. We've been redeemed, and we've been saved, and we have a new nature, a new identity. Praise God. But we live in this flesh, and so what I have seen a lot, and it used to just cause a lot of disillusion in me. Now I kind of smile about it, but of this accusation of one another, crucifying of one another's character. Aha, I caught you in this. I'm going to tell you what, you know, let's tell that person about their shame in their life. Yeah. And that's really not our role. We're not the Holy Spirit. That's so true. Our role is to, in gentle and gentleness and humility, to approach one another. But that isn't always the case, and so we have to be equipped and that's what Shame Off You does, equipped to know how to handle when that next bout of shame comes so we're not taken off guard by it. But instead of thinking about self, because that's what shame does, mm-hmm. think about the person bringing the shame. That's what good. is the root? Why, why are they feeling it's necessary to slam another person, right, with mm-hmm. shame? Yeah. And so uh, I had a recent incident that I just... Right when I saw that person approaching me, I knew, oh boy, here comes, you know. <laughs> when you're a leader in the church, it's coming, Oh yeah, ready or not. But the Lord just put on my heart, okay, let me just pray that my flesh wouldn't rise up. How can I minister to this person? And at the same time, not be a rug. So mm, sometimes I yeah. may have truth to share with them back, but may it not be just to zing someone. May it be because I care for their soul. You know, they may be dysfunctional in how they're approaching me. And do I love them enough? You know, or, or am I just going to shrink back and say, oh, oh, I'm so sorry that you think that way about me? That's not 
how we want to approach shaming either. That's so true. the cycles of shame kind of reveal why it's difficult to get rid of shame. It really does need to be handled with God's Word and through prayer. That is such a good point. And, you know, Denise, you have so much good teaching in your book. Can you tell us how our listeners can get a hold of your book? Oh, yes. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, so people can get it at any major retailer, uh, which is such an answer to prayer. Um, and, you know, you can, uh, on my website, I have links there, denisepass.com, and that's pass is in a passing grade or football pass. <laughs> um, and I also have shameoffyou.life. Okay. And that's a resource for people. I have a little quiz on there for the shame quotient quiz for people who um, are in denial about the fact that they might have shame. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, so there's some information on there to help people as well. So shameoffyou.life. Yes. Awesome. And Denise, could you please just, I know that there are people listening today and I can just sense it. There are people listening who are struggling with shame and they feel trapped in it. And I was wondering, could you please pray for our listeners right now and just pray for those people who are suffering from shame? It'd be my pleasure. Lord, I just pray for all who are listening today, God, that they would know, one, how much you love them, Lord, and that you paid for all of their sin and shame. And Father, I pray that they would no longer define themselves by the shame this world casts upon them, but by your word. Lord, because your word is above our feelings, it's above man's opinion, and you have set us free. And I just pray right now that all who are listening, God, will be able to walk in that abundant life that you promised, and truly that they would be able to remove any and all shame through your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Denise, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing everything that you did just about getting rid of this shame that plagues us. And listeners, those of you listening today, you can buy Shame Off You at shameoffyou.life and find more resources there. And be sure to tune in next time to the Charisma Connection. Liberty University trains innovators, dreamers, and leaders who want to use what they learn to champion a better tomorrow. At Liberty, a quality education means not only preparing for professional success, but most importantly, impacting the world for Christ. Learn how you can train as a champion for Christ online or on campus at liberty.edu champions. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.